You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. All right, is my mic on again? All right. Yeah, you know, he already kind of uh, busted my chops. We don't have PowerPoint in the desert. We're a little uh, too close to the sun. It melted. So if you've never been out there in the summer, you are blessed. But we are really careful to be here today. Uh, turn your Bibles over to Daniel chapter 6. That's where we kind of were able to meet a bunch of you. We came out to the uh, marriage retreat uh, a few months back, and that's where we kind of got to know. we got friends in the room, though, too, from years past. It's one of those things we come. We are so far from you. I mean, we're on the opposite side of the state. And uh, in some, we're closer to Arizona than we are to you. If that gives you a little, uh, we're about two exits from the sun. Um, so we come out here, and I'm like, man, you're here? I didn't know you were here. Like, I didn't realize who was in the West. But super grateful to be here. Let's uh, go to God in prayer. Father, we are so thankful for uh, times like this to just come and worship of the universe. And Father, who are we to come to you to salvation, the creator of the universe? And God, that we have your word in our lives, that we have a hope of salvation God, even uh, counted us worthy to be called your sons and daughters. It's a miracle. God, for that, we're so grateful. As we're here today, I pray we're here casting off all the worries of life, all the distractions of life, and we're focused entirely on your voice and your word. God, I thank you for the family of believers, and that no matter where we're from, that we're brothers and sisters. And I pray for our study today of the book of Daniel. God, help our hearts to be stirred. Help us to be inspired and to leave here more faithful in you than when we walked in this door. God, we give you this time and our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. This uh, series. You know, I love the book of Daniel. I was excited to hear we were doing this uh, series. Um, so I'm just kind of jumping in. I haven't had the advantage of hearing the other parts that you have. So I'm kind of coming a little bit blind. Uh, but uh, I love the book of Daniel. It's so full of faith and it's full of miracles. It is so inspiring and these amazing things happen. They're like, man, well, I wouldn't be there just to be a fly on the wall. And of course, I'm guessing that those days there's a lot of flies on the wall back then. Just to be one of them and to watch what happened. In the book of Daniel, it's not about Daniel. The name missed some flies a little bit. It's not about Daniel. It's not about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The book of Daniel is about God. The entire Bible is it's God's story. It's not about us. We're at the center of the story. And we play a part, an important part. But it's God's story. It's, it's about His love. His love. His devotion. His faithfulness. Not Daniel's. Not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not even about us. About His faithfulness. Desire for us. Not even so much our desire for Him. It's a story. That's what the Bible's about. That's the, it's a story of God. It's a story of God and, and who God is and what God desires. And then He pulls us into it. You know, Daniel's an ordinary man. That's important. Because sometimes you read a book like Daniel, like, man, this guy's like sleeping with lions. And I mean, these things he does that makes him seem almost like superhuman. And there's a danger in that because, you're, well, I can't relate to him. Because he's perfect and he's superhuman and I'm not. We can almost kind of write it off. 
But Daniel's an ordinary man. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ordinary men. We can relate to them. You see, they're ordinary, extraordinary that chose to submit their lives to the hands of an extraordinary God. And in doing so, they got to experience remarkable things. But they're just like you and me. They just put their trust in God and not themselves. The title of the sermon is Courageous Consistency. The courageous consistency in Daniel's life is simple. He had the courage to consistently trust God. No matter the circumstances, no matter what he was facing, what was going on around him, he put his trust in the faithful and sovereignty in Daniel of his loving God. Start reading in Daniel chapter 6, the most famous story of Daniel's life. I have no PowerPoint. We got Bibles. That's all we need. Starting in verse 1 of Daniel chapter 6, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king tried to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, in his conduct, the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, his men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group. So you look at 122 men. Went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, advisors, and governors have all agreed that they could any God to an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Daniel, as usual, and this has, of course, been the theme of Daniel, everybody hates Daniel. Everybody's against Daniel. He's an exceptional man, but they, they want to find charge. They're jealous. Man, he's about to become the top guy over them. Like, man, we've got to stop this. So, man, there's no way. His governing is, like, spotless. This guy, is, he's really good. He's legit. So we've got to find something about his faith. And they, they go and they watch it. Oh, this guy keeps praying. We know he prays. So let's make that the law, because we know he'll break that. And they come up with this scheme to get him caught. The world is out to get him. easier before in life. Man, the world is against me. Man, I, I, it was easier before I became a Christian. I became a Christian. I mean, everybody's out to get me, it seems like. 
Well, they are. Your paranoia is well-founded in truth. The world is against you. Jesus promised it several places. I love the verse in uh, John 15, 19, where he simply says, this is John 15, 19, he, he puts it this way, if you belong to the world, which of course we don't, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Against us. That is why the world hates you. But man, the world is, the world is against us. And it was against Daniel as well. And I love Daniel's response. Man, the world is against me. They passed this law. i got to go pray about that law. The law is, you cannot pray. I better pray about that. I love Daniel's like, I'm just going to do what I always did. And look at his prayer. He says he went to God and prayed and gave thanks. He didn't go to God complaining and wanting, God, it's unfair. It's too hard. Make him stop. Kill him. He went to God in gratitude. He was thankful. And he didn't stop for a moment. Because Daniel understood something about who God is. It doesn't matter the people, not limited by our circumstances. It doesn't matter the threat. It doesn't matter the people. It doesn't matter your situation. God is not limited by the things happening in our lives. God does not get intimidated by a, a decree made by some king. He made the king. He could change it all. God's ability to save, His love for us, His power are not limited by circumstances. Nothing is too hard or too complicated for God, and Daniel knew it. So he prayed. Despite the circumstances, and he gave thanks. We pick up the story in help. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about this royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, will be thrown in the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was intensely distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and said to him, Remember every effort until sundown to save him. And the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict the king issues can be changed. The king gave the order. He brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him. And the lion not sleep. At the first light of dawn, voice, Daniel hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found an innocent in his sight nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. 
The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted Daniel in his God. At the king's command, the men falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown in the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom is not, will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the Persian lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> that gives you chills, doesn't it? Wow! What a story! And it's true. And it's an amazing thought. Daniel experienced something extraordinary. He spent the night in a den of hungry lions and they didn't touch him. And it wasn't because of Daniel. Daniel trusted God. Even the king, when he pulled him out, says, Man, you, you trusted God. That's all he is because of that. You were saved because you trusted in your God. It's Daniel, who, that's all he had. That's all he did. That's what makes Daniel who Daniel is. He trusted. No matter the circumstances, no matter the threat, he had no plan B. Daniel didn't go into optimistic, man, I hope God saves me. But if not, I've been taking an internet course on lion whispering. I think I should, I should be okay. Maybe perhaps I'll be vegetarian lions. I'll get through this somehow. He, there was no plan B. It wasn't like, hey, God might come through, but if not, no big deal. I got a plan. He had no plan. He entrusted his glory. He was saved. Importantly, God was glorified. And a new law was made in the land. A new law, not to pray to the king, a new law that told everybody, you better respect the, king of Dan the God of Daniel. You better not say a word against the, the God of Daniel. A new law was made. And king was, God was glorified and a nation knew the glory of God. Daniel's courageous consistency was his unwavering trust in the goodness and sovereignty of his God. He didn't doubt it for a moment. God's word, giving full control of his life to God, it's the theme of Daniel. It's the theme of God's word. It's the theme of life as a Christian. Entrusting ourselves. God is in control. That he is sovereign. That he can, he is able. That he's trustworthy. That he's faithful always. His strength is enough. His grace is sufficient. His love will never fail. That's the theme. That's the point of Daniel. Turn over Second Peter chapter one. You know our role in God's story is the same as Daniel's. Do we have the courage to consist? Will we trust God in all circumstances? Control. Will we trust Him no matter what's happening around us? Will we give up control and pray 
and faith that God will move. That's what we're called to do. That's our role in God's story. And that's all Daniel had. That's all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. That's all they had. Trust, man. It's like, we got no plan. No, we're not fireproof. We're not lionproof. It's like we trust in our God. That God can do it. He can deliver. They chose to trust in God's promises. Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. The Bible reads about life in God. His divine power has given us everything's own glory for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. Who called us by His own glory and goodness through, through these, through His glory and goodness, through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises. So that through them, the promises, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. The Bible says here that, that we have everything we need. Just by knowing God, just by having knowledge, that's all you need. You don't need a, a better job. You don't need more money. You don't need a spouse. You don't need a spouse. You don't need to go to a different spot, and that's it. Talents or ability. You have everything you need because you know God, and that's it. And because of His goodness, His love, He's given us what he calls these very great and precious promises. That through the promises themselves, that that's all we need. Because of those, we can participate in his divine nature. That we can escape the world, the corruption of the world. God's promises are powerful. That's what, think about that, how powerful. You realize that that's what we live on. We live on promises. That's what we have. I don't know how you feel about promises. We've all made and received broken promises. Never forget, you know those, those moments as a kid where you kind of start realizing that not everything turns out the way you thought it would? Never forget, I was like in fifth grade probably. I was like three foot nothing. I was so tiny. I was 4'11 as a freshman in high school. Yeah, we couldn't afford steroids until my sophomore year. I was so little, but I remember I had this like Napoleon complex thing, a little chihuahua thing going on. And I was so small, but I was always like, right now, I want to just fight somebody. I was always like wanting to like man up and do something, you know. And, but I remember I was with my little buddies. They're all bigger than me. We're a high school kid. on a, My house was at the bottom of a hill. We saw this kid. He was like a high school kid on his bike, and he was riding up the hill. And of course, being a boy... Well, your brain is still guacamole and the neurons are missing each other severely. I had this incredible idea to impress my friends. I said, hey, watch. I'm going to pick a fight with that kid. And they're like, oh, we got your back, man. I mean, together, collectively, there was four of us. We would stack up to about his height, right? So we were little, and then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got your back. We, we'll be right here, man. We're right here. So I, and I kind of like, I went to start and brave. It's the hill, and I'm like, I'm going to yell something at him. But I'm going to wait until he's pretty far away. Ridiculous. Because like, I was brave-ish. You know, I was waiting until he gets up there. And then I'm, I can't remember what I yelled at, but something ridiculous. Like, you're stupid, dumb, ugly. I don't know what I said. It didn't make any sense. But in my mind, that was courage. <laughs> And I'm like, he couldn't hear me. He's too far away anyways. But my friend's like, oh, good job, Rick. I went by Ricky at the time. That was really manly too. Good job, Ricky. And we're all, oh, thanks, guys. We're all like little boys, right? And then he gets to the top. All of a sudden, I, I yell it. 
And again, neurons not connecting in my head going, sound doesn't travel that far. And then his bike stopped. And then he turned around. Far away. And then he started coming. Full speed. Like that. You know, when you're far away, you know, the boys don't have depth perception. So I'm like, oh, he's only like that tall. Look at him. I mean, he's like, that. I could I just step on him. He's so little. And he starts coming down the hill and he just starts getting larger and larger. I'm like, dude, it's a gorilla on a bike. This kid is huge. He's coming down. He's getting larger and larger. I'm like, oh, oh I'm starting to sweat. I'm getting nervous. All right, all right, guys, we got the guys. And they were gone. I was alone. And this kid's flying at me. And I'm all, oh, and he's just, just towering in his shadow. I'm cold in his shadow. He's so big. And my friends were history. That so I did what all brave boys do. I told they went to that they were the ones that said it. And I even pointed to which house they went to. They went to the third house over there, and their parents aren't even home. Go get them. Fetch, gorilla boy. I had put my trust in my friends, and they had left me to die. You know, when broken promises happen, we become suspicious, a little jaded. We don't trust. We've all had broken promises in our life. And instead of being fully faithful, we start to settle for optimism. Man, I hope it works. I hope it works out, but if not, it's cool. I've got a plan B. We go, that to God. And God brings us promises and promises. I will do be there for you. We go, man, I hope it's true. I believe you, God, but I've got a plan B. If you don't come through, it's okay. I'll take care of it. On my own strength, I can do this. We don't have the faith that we're meant to have, and we don't trust God the way we're meant to trust. I need a volunteer. Somebody young and poor. College, teens. That's got to be half the room. Who's young and poor? All right, Fernie, stand up. All right, he's definitely poor. Look how skinny he is. The kid doesn't eat, right? So, all right, so. Fernie, I want to give you some money. Our brain's $20, right? Now, what do we ask ourselves? It's made. Our brain starts going through a screening process, right? So it makes us a promise. There's a couple of questions we ask ourselves immediately. One of the first ones being is, do they have the power to do this? Right. Fernie, do you believe that I have $20? Why would you... I'm a teacher, dude. That's like three months' salary for me. Are you sure? <laughs> but you think I could, I, could, I could possibly have the power to actually give someone $20? Okay, believe it. <laughs> Naive. <laughs> so cute. Um, and it makes sense. I didn't offer a million. If I offered a million, I'd be like, dude, whatever, man. You don't have a million. 20 bucks? Eh, you could have the power to do that. One of the other questions you always kind of run through your mind is, why do I trust them? Do you trust that I would give Why? But remember, at preaching camp, I like threw water balloons in your head. So are you sure? So you, we have some relationship. I've known him since he was little, right? So we've known each other a long time. He trusts me. Plus, I'm standing on stage at church. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't like make a promise up there and not do it. It's like, come on, dude. So yeah, it's a pretty good chance I'll do it. And the last thing that kind of runs through our head when a promise is made is, do they care about me? Do you think I care about you? You do. Thanks, man. Thank you. You can have a seat now. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> you have right now. You have a promise? It's an IO. That's all you have right now is a promise. Yeah, take that to McDonald's and try to spend it, right? <laughs> it's an IOU from Rick. 
Promise of God all we have. Think about it. We pray to someone invisible. We believe the Bible comes from God's mouth so much so that we're willing to base our life on it. We believe that how we live matters to God. We believe our our sins are forgiven. We believe that God is watching us and will reward us. We believe in life after death and that someday Jesus will come back and He'll take us to heaven. And we believe we will spend eternity in paradise with God. Promises are His word. But promises, according to God, are all we need. His word is all we need to trust and to believe and to base our lives on that. Look over to Hebrews chapter 10. My goal today is to persuade you, or even to remind you, that God can be trusted. That God will fulfill all of His promises in our lives if we'll just trust in Him. If we'll, we'll imitate the faith of Daniel, that He'll do the same for us today. Confidence 10, starting in verse 35. You've done the will to throw away your confidence, so be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The promise of God are all we need. But God's promises are only as powerful as our faith in them. Our faith willing to That's what Daniel had. He believed it. Faith in the promise and was willing to act on that faith. Do we believe it? Do we put our faith in the promises? Promises are real. They're true. But will we persevere and entrust ourselves and give God our full faith to be sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't see. Not hopeful, not optimistic, certain. God said it. That's how it's going to be. Drop me to the lions. You know, it's amazing. In Hebrews 11, it goes through kind of the hall of faith, right? It names all of these incredible heroes of faith. And, and what they did that made them righteous was they trusted. Every one of them. You look, at what did they do? What made them so amazing? Was Noah built a boat. How amazing is that? Well, I can't build a boat, so I'm impressed. But I'll do it. What made it amazing was he trusted. God said, do it. I'll do it. He said, Abraham, go. Where am I going? I'll tell you later. Okay. And he went. That's faith. And they're, 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 they're in this recorded for us because of that faith that they were willing to step out. You know, Daniel's name is not even mentioned. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not even mentioned, sort of. Look at verse 32 of Hebrews 11. There are so many incredible heroes of faith, and all they did was trust to God, and we could be like any of them. And in verse 32 it says, And what meal I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Sam, Sister, Justice, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions. Daniel. Quenched the fury of the flames. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There they are. They made it. Because they trusted. Are you sure of what you hope for? Are you certain of what you do not see? 
Here's another way to ask it. Are you totally at peace? Are you anxious? Do you give in to be fearful? Do you wrestle with insecurity? Do you always have a plan. Do you give in to being controlling or self-reliant? Do you always have a plan B? Are you willing to put yourself in faith situations where God has to come through? Or do you live such a comfortable, safe life that there's really no need for the Holy Spirit in your life? Because it's under your own strength. That's how you know. That's how you can tell if you're sure of what you hope for, if you're certain of what you do not see, do you trust the promises? Daniel did. And so can we. Does God have the power? Same question. No word asked for any about myself. Does God have the power to fulfill? In stars, with a word, He created the universe. He speaks and stars appear. He controls weather. He controls government. He, he gives us everything. We need. He takes care of the birds and the flowers. All of it. He heals the sick. He can raise the dead. He can stop Satan's attacks. He can perform miracles. He has saved his faithful time and time again, just like Daniel. He's the God who says that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. He's the God that says what is impossible yes, is possible for God. Does Daniel knew? Yes. No question about it. And Daniel knew that. Can God who made the lion keep a lion from eating me? Yes. Absolutely. He has the power. Can God be trusted? Listen to these verses. Deuteronomy 32.4 says about God, says, He is the rock. His works are perfect. And His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is He. Ooh. What a great way to describe God's trustworthiness. Why? Numbers 23:19 says God speak that he should lie not a human being that he should change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill and I love Psalm 145:13 the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does that's who God is can God be trusted absolutely God has proven His trustworthiness has fulfilled every promise to date. And no matter how many times others have let you down, God never has and never will. And you might go, wait, wait, wait. Yes, He has. Even if you've suffered times and loss, you can see what God broken at times and disillusioned at times. Even though you couldn't see what God was doing and felt like He wasn't there, He was. Because God never promised a problem-free life. What He promised is He would walk us through it. That He would get us to the end. That He would never leave us. Tragedy is going to happen. But God will never leave us. Just because we can't see how or when doesn't mean it's not true. You think about Daniel. I'm sure he's getting lowered into the lion's den. I'm sure he's going like, um, okay, God, like, now what? Like, this is... Like that too, or I see what you got now. Like I don't, I don't know how you're gonna get me through this. That is second situations like that too, or I don't know how he's gonna get us through this. But even more compelling that is Second Corinthians chapter one, 
Go ahead and turn on over there. Second Corinthians chapter one. We got some Bible for you today. Second Corinthians chapter one. Probably even more compelling to build our faith in God's promises. Second Corinthians chapter one, starting in verse eighteen. I love this verse. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who has preached to yes, I, me, and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him they are yes and yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. No matter how many promises, they are yes in Christ. That Jesus himself is our greatest proof. Does God care about you? I ask for you, I care about Does God care about us? Absolutely. Are you crazy? He adores us. He doesn't tolerate us. He doesn't put up. He adores us so much. So he's like, man, here, here's my son. Here's how valuable you are to me. I want to be with you so sad that I will give up my son for the opportunity to be close to you. Does he care about us? He loves us to death. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I mean, man, if he didn't even hold back his son, what else do you need? I don't know, God, can I trust you? Well, Jesus died on the cross for you. I hope you think you can be trusting me right now. It seems reasonable now. Of course we can. Can we put our faith in the promise of God like Daniel did? Does God have the power? Yes. No. Can he be trusted? Absolutely. Does God love you more than our greatest will ever? No. God is, Jesus is our greatest proof, no matter how many promises have been made, and there's over 4,000 promises in the Word of God. 4,000. And they're all yes in Christ. If we just believe. Fernie, I, I, don't, I don't leave you hanging, man. I don't want you to leave church bitter. <laughs> I, I got money for you. So come on up the stage. I got money for you. I don't need to pay for my kids' college. You come on up here, buddy. <laughs> They'll understand, you know, a, a good reason. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're a little bitter. I wasn't bitter. I wasn't bitter. Lunch on Fernie, everybody. Taking the campus ministry out. 20 bucks in the campus. That's like, that's food. That's, you're going to tear that value menu up. You know, I'm not sure what uh, lions are facing in your life right now. But we all are. Those moments you feel like I'm the only one. No, we all are. They just change in number and ferocity. That's it. We all are. It could be sin. It could be heartbreak. It could be dis- relationship issues. A little disillusionment that you're facing right now. Maybe your faith is hurt. Choices you have to make that you're facing right now. You're not sure what to do. Of course, the greatest line of them all is Satan himself. We're all facing something. But God is greater than any of them. In our lives, we, we face many uh, lions in our lives, my wife and I. And for those at the marriage retreat, you heard our whole story. You know, kind of some of the things we went through as a married couple. And 
those who weren't, about ten years ago, we, we almost divorced. It got so bad in our neglect of our walk with God, just kind of got so caught up in the world and in work and money and in material. It's kind of the corruption of the world. We went right into it. Our eyes were off of God. God I'm going to do my and it was all plan B. It was all my strength. I really need God. I'm just going to do my strength. And that's what we did for, for years. And it, it finally started to pay off, and, and the fruit was born of that. And, and we started to drift from the church, from God, and from each other. Because of my neglect and my lack of leadership at home and my lack of going to God and, and entrusting my life to Him, the lions had me by the throat. And I almost lost my wife because of it. And she stopped coming to church for several years and we separated, we almost divorced. Our family almost went poof. God exploded. And at the last minute, it saved us. God reached in and pulled that lion off my neck and saved us. And ever since that time, we were so grateful. We felt like, oh my God, when you come out of the lion's like you realize we almost got eaten. We were almost gone. And we came out with this renewed sense of gratitude to God and just faith in His promises and what He can do. And He can be trusted. He does have the power. He does love us, despite us. I mean, God, what do you want us to do? We'll do anything for you. I mean, you want it, we can go to the full-time ministry. We, we can go in the mission field. And so we just started pouring our hearts into God and, and rebuilding our family in His world the way He wants us to. And as a family, we, we go in the mission in like Sweet every summer. We're both teachers, so we have the summer off. And, and we just save up all year and we go. And we, we serve in like Sweden and Norway and Finland with our kids and just give and, and help families and parents and marriage and whatever we can. We're like, whatever we can do, God, what, whatever you want us to do, we'll do it reaching out to people. We were more fruitful after this whole mess than we ever were before. I mean, we have more people become Christians after that time than ever before. And just, God, whatever we can do. Right now we're facing a kind of a new lion's den. It's more a lion's den of choice. See, we're about to become empty nesters. So by looking at us, what were you, like, have kids? We had kids when I was 10. It's off to Cal State. No. Our son's graduating high school this year. He's off to Cal State Fullerton. And our daughter's graduating college. She's about to fly to D.C. She'll be living in Washington, D.C. Um, we're about to be empty nesters. So we saw that opportunity going, okay, God, now what do we want to do? Like, we're going we're to be empty. What do you want us to do? So we just started praying, God, is there something you want us to do? We'll do it. Man. Whatever you want. We owe you. We want to use what you've done. So whatever you want us to do. You want us to go on the mission field? You want us to, to move? You want us to stay? Whatever. So we sold our house. We're in escrow right now. We'll be homeless June 15th. Flying to T- Fernie, you got a couch or something? <laughs> Use that, buddy. We started applying to teaching jobs other places, one of them being here in Culver City. And we started just throwing out their fleeces going, God, where do you want us? You want us here? You want us here? We'll stay here? Where do you want us? And just seeing what is God going to do with us? And then, of course, you've got two conniving people here in the church, Ken Shaw and Mark Shaw, not to name names, but a little conspiracy theory going, and they both ended, they kind of reached out to us and said, hey, we want to come to the West? Oh, sorry. Not Ken Shaw, Men Mao. Not even related. My wife is actually... And at first it's kind of this funny, like, well, go to the West. Now, my wife is actually from this ministry. She was converted to the UCLA ministry. 
So when she heard, I said, I got off the phone with Mark called, and he's like, hey, you going to come out and knock that stuff? And I'm like, ah, oh, bro, it's, it's just that's out there to me. That's kind of wild. And, and uh, I got I go, hey, Heather, uh, Mark just called. He wants to say we want to move to the West and, and maybe kind of help Shepherd with the campus ministry. And she started literally running around the house screaming. That, that's good. That's good. That's a good scream. It was a joyful scream. You know, we have, a, we have a line of a choice to make right now. Do we stay? We've been out in the desert for 12 years. Um, three. It, come June, my son leaves. My dog changed jobs out of the country. We're homeless. We may change jobs. We cha- may change ministries. All in June. That's overwhelming. All of our stuff's on Craigslist right now. We sold our bedroom set already. Probably should have thought about that a little more. <laughs> okay, we still got a couple months. We have a, a choice to make. Will we trust God? Daniel chose to put his trust in God. Will you and will I? No matter your circumstances, no matter the risk, no matter how long you've been, no matter what you've been through, what your faith is in your life, You put your faith that God can and will fulfill every promise in your life if you'll just put your full faith in Him. To have courageous consistency yourself. God has given us these very great and precious promises, 4,000 of them. And in Jesus, they're all yes. So we put our trust in Him. Because He can be trusted. He does have the power and He does love us. I put together something for you, a gift. I'm going to have the ushers go ahead and hand this out to you. I did this for myself, but I, I printed it out for you as well. I put together a list of month and week of of God for you. I did one per week. It actually starts this week. It's all by month and week and all that kind of stuff. So there's one for this week. It kind of categories of promises that you too can put your full faith in and give God the trust in your life that He deserves. Thank you for allowing us to be here. It's a great honor. We love you. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.